Hello, and welcome to the 3M Health Information Systems Inside Angle podcast. My name is Gordon Moore, and I'm your host. And today I'm talking with Mike Fay. He's the Vice President for Health Networks and Innovation for Wellmark. Wellmark is a Blue Cross Blue Shield insurer in Iowa, and Mike is involved in numerous strategic initiatives, including innovation around products, providers, care management, trend management, strategic consulting with key groups. In addition to that, as if it's not enough, he provides strategic direction and leadership to network economics, network innovation, care innovation, consumer transparency, and provider contracting. You know, Mike, as I think about all of those things that you do, it kind of opens my eye, you know, as I come from being a family medicine doctor and from the provider side of healthcare, there's so much that health insurers do. And so welcome to the podcast and let's talk about what health insurers do in the U.S. Thanks, Gordon, and thanks for having me on the podcast. So, Mike, you know, some folks will look at health insurance and think, oh, we should just get rid of insurance. It's just adding complexity or taking dollars off the top and not letting those dollars flow to care delivery. So what's the point of health insurance in the U.S.? Why does it exist and how does it work? It's a great question of how does it work? So I would say similar to what people think about with other insurance, whether it's your car insurance or your homeowner's insurance, you are buying insurance to protect yourself against, you know, health-related injuries, illness, diseases. The role the health plan really plays is kind of that intermediary or go-between. So the employer or the member pays their premium And in return, what they get is customer service. They get access to the benefits. We have a team of people that work with the providers to establish how much we're going to pay for the services. They get the um, determination of medical appropriateness to make sure the services are, you know, safe for the member. The role of the health plan is really to kind of help bridge that gap in understanding between an employer who's paying a portion of the health care cost, the members that are being covered by it, and then the providers who are delivering it. So there's a lot of pieces to it, but in the end, I think you look at it and say, what people would like is, you know, they would like it to be hassle-free. I think they would like to have a better understanding of what things are going to cost so they can make more, you know, informed decisions. And I think over the last several years, health plans have made a lot of improvements in areas like that of being able to educate and provide information so members to be able to make better decisions about where's the best place to go to have this service. So we have programs that are centers of excellence. They're called Blue Distinction Specialty Care. So for knee and hip replacement, we can tell you the places with the best outcomes and a lower overall cost for you at the employer or your employees so people can go to places and get the best outcome possible. There is a lot of conversation about, you know, doing direct contracts. Like anything, volume and scale do matter. I mean, we adjudicate millions of claims every year. We set up millions of members' benefits. So there is an efficiency that comes with that scale. Trying to do it one employer at a time would be very challenging for both the employer as well as the providers that they would utilize. You know, I think about the complexity of, you know, if I'm out there as a, just a consumer and trying to purchase healthcare services directly, understanding whether or not an offered price makes any sense, given the complexity already of healthcare pricing and the lack of transparency around that. So it's like, 
how do I know, is this appropriate? Is this right? And that to me seems like one of the natural places where health plans help rationalize and normalize pricing and negotiate on behalf of employers and those who get contracts with them. So that's the key piece. And in addition to that, there's a a vetting process that health plans use to make sure that the clinicians who are contracted with them aren't to be blunt about it, charlatans or bad actors. So there are a bunch of roles, I think, that are not immediately obvious, but then make a lot of sense. And I think Wellmark has taken that to a really high level in terms of thinking about how to understand quality and to make sure that the providers working with them are focused on maximizing quality, minimizing unnecessary utilization of healthcare and things like that. What kind of programs do you have in place and where is Walmart going with that, do you think, in the future? So I think you bring up a great point. So it all sort of starts with how do you verify that the people providing the healthcare services are appropriately trained, licensed? In order for a physician, a social worker, a hospital, any type of healthcare provider to be in the network that Wellmark uh, has built and maintained, they have to go through an extensive credentialing process, and then they're re-credentialed at least once every three years. So you're constantly validating that they have a current license, that they're keeping up with their continuing education. So you at least know from a, a, a patient's perspective that the providers that are in our network meet those you know, minimum requirements and are maintaining those educational requirements that they need to. Now that you have them in the network, you know, I think it becomes the question of how do you determine the appropriate way to pay for the services they provide, to provide the right incentives, and to help them reduce some of the administrative challenges of, you know, insurance healthcare delivery process. So some of the things we've done is we've automated and put most of our credentialing in an electronic format so providers can go out If they move, change their phone number, add a new uh, practitioner to their group, they can do all of that electronically. It can be done in more real time as opposed to the old days of paper and faxing. And then when we look at the world and talk about how we pay our providers, you want to create those providers that have enough incentive and it's aligned with what they're doing. So in our market in Iowa, we have one fee schedule that's based on the CMS relative value units and Walmart's conversion factors, and all physicians get paid the same for the same service. Do they all charge the same for the same service? Absolutely not. But we've tried to say, these people meet our criteria to be in the network. This is what we're going to pay for this particular service. And you're free to go to any provider and get that service and the cost to you will be the same. We think that's an important step in the aspect of doing that. And then within the last few years, through our work with 3M and the use of their value index score, we've also been able to compute a value index score or what we call a quality score from the member-facing side for all of our primary care physicians built on a number of different claims-based metrics like well-child visits, cancer screenings. It also includes... 3M's potentially preventable events, suites like readmissions, preventable admissions, preventable ED visits. And we're able to produce a score on a scale of zero to five that we can actually put on our member portal. So a member could go out, look at a number of physicians in the state or in their particular geography and see both their quality score 
they could see what the procedure would cost in total and them with their benefits, what it would cost them out of their pocket. And then there's also the ability for a a member to offer a rating on a physician like you would do with a Yelp or TripAdvisor on other things that you can give your physician a rating. And so essentially, we've tried to work to make information available to members that they can go out and see quality, other people's reviews and cost all in one location, which allows the member then to make informed choices about where they go or what services they have. When you think about the facility side of healthcare, which would be hospitals, nursing facilities, home care, it is very confusing to the members because what they generally see in public settings or when they get a bill for services is what we would call build charge. Currently today for Wellmark's book of business, we pay on average for facility services about 40% of that charge. So in essence, the hospital is writing off 60% of what they've billed and accepting 40% as payment in full. This does not make sense to consumers. How can any industry write off more money than what they're collecting and still be viable and make a return. It's very challenging when you get into the cost of healthcare to get people to stop looking at kind of what charges are being billed and to try to focus on how much is actually being paid for those services. So historically, we I like to use the example of it was like when you were buying a car. There was always a sticker price in the window, but there was also an invoice price that the dealer actually paid for that car. And over the last several years, through various, you know, Kelly Blue Book or Edmonds or now True Car or all of these services, people can go in and know before they actually even purchase a car, how much is it going to list for? How much did it really cost the dealer? What's the best price? I would love to see healthcare get to that point. I think we are a ways away from it, but I think the direction we're heading is how do you get the right information in the hands of the members in a way that they can easily consume it and then use it in their decision-making about the type of care and where they get their care. And I think that has to be a push we all work on. Yeah, I remember when I was setting up my own private practice in Rochester, New York, and for the first time figuring out my own fee schedule and thinking about how to do that, each contract that I had with a different insurer could potentially come in with a different payment rate. And the contracts each said, we'll pay you what you ask for or what we allow in terms of a payment, whichever is less. And so I thought cheaper. So I want to ask for the moon because some people might pay something closer to that. It seems a little bit irrational, but to do anything less than that seemed kind of dumb. So I realized that there were often big gaps between the book price and what I was actually going to get paid. And what I was actually going to get paid was quite reasonable. But, you know, woe to the poor individual walking in off the street asking, what's the list price for X, Y, and Z that I pay out of pocket. It's like, oh, no, you really don't want to pay that. It's a false number. And the other complication is generally if you're going to have any type of a medical procedure, there's maybe more than one healthcare provider involved. So if you're having outpatient surgery, there's going to be a hospital or ambulatory surgery center. There'll be a surgeon. There'll be an anesthesiologist. You may have an assistant surgeon. There may be an image or a lab test done as well. So for that one procedure, you could end up with five, six, seven different bills from those providers who all then get paid different amounts. And you try to look at it and say, why am I getting all of these? And that's when consumers say, how much is this really going to cost me? 
their interest is in what's the total cost for everyone included in the process, not what each individual part's going to cost. You know, it'd be like buying a car one piece at a time. Tires are this, the seats are this. So that's, I think, one of the challenges and one of the things that consumers continue to be frustrated about is no matter who they ask, everyone can give them maybe an estimate of the price for their service, but not the price for the total service. In other cases, if it's an individual visit to your physician's office and you're going to do one lab test, that might be more realistic to do that. But a lot of services involve multiple people or multiple provider organizations, and that just adds to the complexity that we have today. So I think about that rationalization of payment, and it brings me back to in the early 80s before uh, CMS flipped to the designated payment around diagnostic-related groups, the DRG payment for inpatient hospitalization. Prior to that, hospitals were billing for each thing that they did, the number of bed days, the intensity of the care delivery, each Tylenol tablet and the like. And in some sense, the rationalization around that was to say that health economists can predict a bucket of resources that's typically appropriate for a certain kind of illness and severity of illness, and that that payment is acceptable and appropriate. And rather than nickel and diming every aspect, let's bundle that payment and rationalize it. So what I see in that is that a health plan has the ability to rationalize some of the payment, take some of the the minutiae that can be very frustrating. And the way you describe that now in the outpatient or ambulatory surgery center, it sounds like we need more moves there. Is Wellmark doing things like that? Yeah, so on the inpatient side, we've been using a diagnostic-related grouping methodology. We use 3Ms, all-patient refined DRGs. I believe today there are like 326 diagnostic categories, and one of the values or things we really like about the APR DRG model is that inside of each DRG, there are four levels of severity, minor, moderate, major, and catastrophic. And so you essentially end up with about 1,300 clinically-based categories. So you're paying for the conditions that people are being treated for and the procedures they're receiving. You're not paying the hospital for how many days they're there or how many MRIs they had or how many hours they were in surgery. You're trying to provide the right incentives. And the thing that we think makes the model work really well is both from a provider's perspective they have an incentive because they're getting a fixed amount to provide the best care and do it as efficiently as possible because they get paid that one per case payment. On the consumer side, if you're an employer and you have a healthier population, the likelihood you're going to have a lot more lower level inpatient stays, level ones and twos, as opposed to an employer that may have a lot more fragile population, older population, more complicated population, and they may have more threes and fours. And so because our model is transparent, what we pay the provider is what we bill the employer. Those employers who have lower risk patients pay less for inpatient care than those that have high risk. And the providers also are getting the benefit because if they see a higher risk member, they get paid more than a low risk member. So this this methodology seems to have the right incentives for both an employer and a provider. On the outpatient side, A similar concept, we use the enhanced ambulatory patient grouping methodology, which kind of takes a visit and puts it into significant procedures, um, medical visits, or ancillary services. But again, it provides that incentive to do what's necessary, but not to do more volume to just increase your payment. 
And then it also makes it more logical from an employer member's perspective because the costs are sort of grouped. Even though you do get an itemized bill from the hospital with all the lines that you talked about, the fact that you can roll it up and rationalize the amount that you're paying for the service and that you're paying similarly for similar people, it goes a long way with, you know, especially the employers that are paying probably 80 or 85% of the health care for their employees, to know that if two people on my workforce go in and have a baby, my cost is going to be the same unless those two people are very different from both a risk and a clinical need. So it's been very successful. We've been using APR DRGs for over 12 years. I think we implemented right before Medicare came out with MS DRGs. We've been doing the ambulatory patient grouping for almost eight years. And so I think there's a lot of value in using ways that you can think about it from a consumer perspective, but also still have ways the provider feels they have an incentive to do the right thing and benefit in their decision-making and management of those patients as well. I think the, the gap that still exists that we talked about earlier is we still don't combine the professional services with either the inpatient or the outpatient. So I know in some markets there's more bundled payment, but they're generally focused around very specific procedures like joint replacement or very specific members like people with diabetes. We've just struggled in our market the way the providers are organized to get bundled payment, the administration of claims all consolidated, but I think it's something that you'll continue to see more of in the future. And speaking of the future, so where do you see Wellmark going with the sort of work to continually use data to inform work, improve quality, reduce unnecessary costs? I think the consumer's expectations are changing. Part of that's driven by things outside of healthcare. I think 10 years ago, I think most people would have went to a mall or a store to purchase items. I think the number of people that buy things online today or order things and pick them up has greatly grown and will continue to grow. So I think their expectations of healthcare are going to continue to evolve. You're going to continue to see care move out of the inpatient setting into an outpatient, into a clinic, and some services maybe even into the home. I think people have a mindset that with technology and, you know, the way the world is that more and more care can be delivered in what I would say non-traditional settings. People also want very personalized care experiences. They want to know that the care is being designed for them. It's about them. So I think it's more of how do you customize care kind of to the level of one? What my parents' expectation of health care and what my children's expectation of health care are definitely different. My college age children will go online and do a telehealth visit. My parents would never consider doing that. So I think, you know, making things available. I think, too, this idea of we have to broaden our concept of how you help people with their health. So can you prescribe or make available apps or self-care tools that would help people, you know, manage their condition? So There's a lot of programs out there that help people with managing their diabetes, as opposed to having a case manager who calls you every two or three weeks from a health plan or a health coach from a physician's office who follows up with you. Are there other ways you can help people help themselves? So continuing an innovation in people being able to monitor their glucose level and 
you know, better manage their diabetes or enhancements with pharmacy where people are able to reduce or change the number of, you know, medications they need to take to manage their conditions. So, and I do think quality is going to become more and more important. I think the perception of the public generally has been that all providers provide equal levels of care and the healthcare system in the U.S. is good. And I'm not saying it's not. I think the question is, for certain things, there are always places that may be better. And so I think as people focus in on quality, one of the things that we always find challenging in our role at a health plan is getting a call from a friend or a family member and says, I need to go have this procedure or I need to go see this specialist. Who would you recommend? And that's kind of like playing matchmaker. You're trying to set someone up with someone that you think that it'll be a good experience. And part of it's the clinical training aspect, but part of it's also the personality. So people's expectations about being matched and more aligned with providers who have similar expectations, personality styles, interests, is going to be more important. I mean, we see it in our market. A lot of the large clinics advertise. They promote their new physicians in the clinic. You can go to their website and read a bio about the physician. And it's not just where they went to school. And it's truly a, you know, here's kind of my philosophy of medicine or here's how important my relationship with patients are. And I think that's going to continue to evolve as well. Give me an example of like a specific thing a health plan might do in that context to help move things forward. I think there's a couple of things. One of them is we're trying to help maybe identify people earlier. So like early identification and and ways to potentially intervene. So do you really have to wait for someone to get a clinical diagnosis of diabetes before you can assist them? Because most people are pre-diabetic. So are there things you can do sooner in people's life to help change that trajectory, providing education, providing that type of information? One of the things is to provide tools to the So when they're out looking, I live in the Des Moines, Iowa market, and I'm looking for a new family doctor. How do you help that information, you know, be available? So it's not just telling me who's the closest to my house or who's the closest to my work or what medical school they graduated from. How do you kind of put that information in a way that people can make more informed choices? So We've always had this concept, and we don't have it developed yet, but how do you help match people up to physicians that are most likely aligned with what they're looking for? Is it five or six questions? Is it uh, looking at their historical use of healthcare and helping them be aligned? I think there's a role that we can play as a health plan to help steer people, but people always want to have choice. So I don't think it's ever saying, Mike should only go see Dr. Gordon Moore because he's the one and only. I think the question is, who are the right people or the right types of physicians that you're looking for? So I think there's going to be more. Again, we live in a world where people like to know what other people think. So making the reviews of other patients available for prospective patients to review, you know, we generally get a lot of positive feedback from members that, you know, they like to know what other people's experience were. So I think you're going to continue to see those things evolve too. 
It's interesting the way you describe it. I have this vision of a kind of like a consumer reports scorecard that shows several different aspects where I, as the consumer, can choose which are more important or less important to me. But I can see the rankings on things like how well do they interact, what med school do they go to, how often do they do this procedure, what kind of quality outcomes do they have, what's the cost of going there, and then I can say, okay, their practice is fifty miles from me, but given those parameters, I think I'll go. That's kind of where you think you're going. Yep, I think that's you know where you have to kind of look at it because I think people used to think well their board certification was really important. I can tell you based on interactions with our customers, most people don't understand what board certification is. They understand having to have a license. So I think you're right. The things that are more important to people are to some people it's proximity. If I have children, I want the doctor maybe to be close to their school. If I have a specific condition, maybe there's a certain type of specialist. Maybe I want an internist as opposed to a family physician. I always tell the story that uh, having four children, two boys and two girls, until they were probably 11, 12, 13 years old, we went to a multi-practice pediatric group that had both men and women doctors and none of them cared. But at some point, it became very important that they only went to a doctor that was of their same gender. So the boys wanted to see a male doctor and the girls wanted to see a female doctor. But for a period of their life, they could care less. And I think it's the same concept is what's really important to you and how do you help people sort through that? So like you said, with consumer reports, if I'm buying a new television or dishwasher, is noise or sound more important to me than the quality of the picture or some of the features? And I think you're trying to do the same thing is put the information out there. We have to be careful not to go too far. Too much information is probably as much of a challenge as not having information. So I think you have to find that balance where people get enough information and they have the ability to sort of prioritize it and end up with the results that they're looking for. Well, that sounds like a perfect place for health plan as having that somewhat third party view, stepping back and saying, here's a whole network of clinicians in practices, and here's what we know about them, and here's information that we can share that can help people make uh, the best decisions for them. That's uh, that's a great vision. Mike Fay. I want to thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate the opportunity, and like I said, I think we're going to continue to see healthcare and, and consumers' expectations of healthcare continue to evolve. I think those in the healthcare delivery and the health plan have to continue to find ways to work and collaborate together. You know, having the opportunity to hear and learn about what's happening in other parts of the, the world, I guess. There isn't a perfect healthcare system. We just have to figure out how to keep making ours better and meeting those expectations of our customers since they are the ones who are paying for it. Well, thank you very much. For Inside Angle, this is Gordon Moore. You can find more podcast episodes at www.3mhisinsideangle.com.